Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to Scott Fishbowl Mondays. We've made it. We've made it to the start of the fantasy football season. We've got a returning guest. Before we get to today's guest, big man, how you doing? How's your Super Bowl, uh, Scott Fishbowl, going? Not as good as the Super Bowl, mate. But That's yeah, true. yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a fantastic day. I, I really hate the people who just don't appreciate what today is. I mean, like, really, this is the unofficial start of the fantasy football season. Uh, this is like the marquee event for most people. Um, we did a Zoom call, half the people in my division, so that was great just to see the faces and just to have a chat. We had a few picks live and we had just a bit of a chat. It was really sort of like brings, I, th- for me, that's what Scott Fishbowl is about. It's about charity. It's about meeting great people. It's just about getting to know people. How I finish. I mean, yes, I'd like to win. Don't get me wrong, but whether I, you know, I couldn't tell you where I finished last year. I couldn't even tell you what my record was. I didn't make the playoffs. So I, after that point, it was like, whatever, but I met, I the, still to this day, it's the best draft I've ever done. And I did it completely remotely. And all of my draft picks were pre-drafted picks because the guy <laughs> who was picking before me was a musician who had written a song from Heidi Montag. He'd actually won a Grammy, I think. Uh, this guy, yeah, this guy had won a Grammy. He wasn't in our chat at all. Um, and he held the draft up, basically. So he would draft. I'd pre-draft on the turn. And he would wait five hours after I'd 
my instant pre-draft draft again. So he held up the draft. I think his total draft time was about five and a half days at the end of it. It was a long time. He made the playoffs. I think just purely that was his strategy was just to wind up everyone in time. <laughs> and, uh, but the, we ended up, because he was a songwriter and he wasn't in the chat, uh, we all started writing songs, like basically like five line like, <laughs> songs. And I had Justin Vance of Fantasy Points. I had Gary Haddo who was the defending champion. He'd been on the show obviously a couple of times. Um, mm. I had Pac. Uh, Pac from Mexico was on. I had uh, Boma Big Time, Hot Sauce. Um, I had some great people. Uh, Brian Atkins was in there. Uh, Sharon Mitchell uh, from Harris Football was in there. Oh, there was so there was. It, you know what? It was just the funniest draft ever. We just, we just. Oh, and we all got beaten by a twelve-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and the funny story to all of this is, yeah. So there was a twelve-year-old who made the final of the Scottish Bowl last year. So her name was Hope. And I was like, well, she doesn't have a Twitter. Who doesn't have Twitter? Of course she doesn't have Twitter. She's 12. But we didn't know that at the time. We found this out afterwards, like when we started hearing this girl done really well. And she is um, Michael Golden fantasy, at Fantasy Deets' daughter. And her sister, Grace, made the top six of the Fishbowl in, in Fish, Scott Fishbowl 9. And so who's in my division this year? Daddy Deets himself. So I was like, great. I just got whipped by your daughter and now I'm going to get whipped by you. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. This is their family. All f- so there's four of them in it. Wife, husband, two girls in it. And they're, they're brilliant. Good fun. So Watch, watch out for them Deets. <laughs> yeah, watch watch out for them. Um, <laughs> watch out for them. The Golden family. If, you, if you're drafting with any of them, they're sharks. Don't, don't let them... Uh, they don't... They don't respond loads in the chat, but they're good fun. Uh, but yeah, it's just good. What about you? How did you kick off? You, I hope you heeded the advice of uh, the conversation that we had earlier and you, you took who I was hoping you would take. So I took uh, Pat Mahomes. I didn't want to, but my, my head said it was the right move. My heart said CMC, but I had to look through my teams and I don't own Mahomes anywhere individually. So I thought at least... At least if I can own Mahomes once, it'll be in the fishbowl. And then if CMC has another bad season due to injury or just isn't CMC. He doesn't kill me absolutely everywhere. So I went Mahomes, Murph. You did tell me to go Mahomes. Rich told me to go Mahomes or CMC. And then I, I wasn't sure a quarterback coming back second round. But, you know, quick question, Murph. Super Bowl or Scott Fishbowl? Which one would you rather win this year? Um, Both. No, you can't. Which one? Why, why, why do I have to pick? Well, just because. That's the rules. Uh, that's like asking me to pick my favourite child is. So you've only got no, one. Right? Or <laughs> yeah, to be honest, uh, that's it. I want to win the King's Classic League. Um, no, I think uh, I still think I still think I th- I'd pick Super Bowl if I'm honest. Um, You're getting greedy. Because, two Super Bowls in two years. You're turning yeah, into a but Patriots I, fan. I think that's it. I, th- I think because I know when Brady retires. I'm, we're going to have a, a lean patch in, in Tampa and it's going to be about five, ten years long, at least. I just, I'm prepared for it. So I think if we've won two Super Bowls before then, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm just like, it's <laughs> That happened. would be enough. That would be that, fine. Well, that would be fine. Like, it pays the penance of, of going through the years of crap. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think, and also I think you've always got to support your team over yourself. I think I was just that sort of person. But, you know, if if... If the Bucks had to lose lose the Super Bowl playoffs and I won the Scott Fishbowl, that's a pretty decent consolation prize. I'll be honest with you, I, I'll take it. Like if I, if that had to happen for <laughs> someone like Aaron Rodgers to win a second ring, 
I mean, fine. Aaron Rodgers shouldn't have to be relying on me to win a 1,900-person tournament to win a second ring. But, hey, we'll do yeah. it. Like, Aaron, I'm here for you, buddy. We uh, So we will get to today's guest. You have heard his voice. Before we get there, we ran a unique a competition for our chosen charity, Unique, over the last two weeks. The winners are going to be selected this evening so the competition is open until eight o'clock tonight so if this podcast goes out super sharp and you listen to the first 10 minutes then you can still get in if not rich and murph will announce the winners in their scott fishbowl pod later on in the week right rush nation you heard his voice he is the organizer and host of the king's classic draft which is on the 14th or 12th of august murph i know you're not here You're leaving it to me. I am considerably nervous about doing both drafts in a day. So thanks very much, pal. Appreciate that. But hey, he does host the King's Classic. He is also author of the best-selling fantasy football publication, which is the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide and head of Big Guy Fantasy Sports. It's returning guest, Bob Lung. Bob, welcome back, buddy. How are you doing? Well, well, first off, welcome to uh, what I think we should all start a petition on. And today should be every year International Fantasy Football Day. We all should get the day off work, which we are here in, in America, but you know why. And it has nothing to do with England. Um, but, <laughs> but it should be a, a national holiday, international holiday. In fact, uh, we all should get off work, start for Scott Fishbowl. So we don't have to wait for hours to have people pick. Sorry, Mark, sorry, stocks. Uh, but... <laughs> But no, hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, I yeah, I just got started a little bit ago. I had picked five. Um, I took Dak because basically all the other guys I wanted were gone. And so um, we're moving along slowly. Pick six just happened two minutes ago, but that was two hours ago I picked. So a little slow, but you know, it is what it is. We're excited to get it kick off. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and everything that's going on and a little bit of consistency. So thanks again for having me. Uh, pleasure. I also took Dak. Uh, I forgot to mention that. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I took him at the 106. Uh, I, um, but listen, I think it's, I, you know, as you say, it's it's just such a great day, isn't it, to to pick mm-hmm. and um, and just to enjoy. And, you know, we're talking off air. It's, it's about the camaraderie. It's about the, mm-hmm. I wrote this on Twitter earlier. It's, it's just about the friendships you make and and everything you do and i think that's that's kind of it and i just love the fact that it's something so powerful that puts people together and you're on the podathon at later on um, tonight so 11 30 uh, our time so um i'll watch that in the, i'll watch in the morning uh, we are on uh, 4 30 eastern time 9 30 uh, uk time in the morning someone had to do the night shift so uh, we stepped in so we didn't have to lose that precious sleep um <laughs> which is good. And yeah, the King's classic, which is, you know, phenomenal. Um, you kindly and graciously opened it up internationally. You invited us into it, which um, was a real honor and, and privilege. And we're so glad to play this year. I am absolutely gutted about the draft day. So my, basically it's my best mate's wedding. Um, and the wedding has moved three times. <laughs> due to COVID. Right. Yeah. So I planned two stag do's of which both have been postponed and now we're going to do a post wedding stag and we're going to do a pre-dinner sort of thing um because of all the restrictions and so yeah i i have had words with him and i've said to him as he's also put this on he's done it on king's classic day and the start of the premier league soccer season so 
I I just said, pal, you probably, you know, just you don't get married in August. I mean, like, yes, I go out right. yeah, in November. That's, like, that's, that's the concept. Yeah, just yeah. don't get married in August. Or early September. Yeah, get married in the summer. July is when you get married. But right. listen, he's moved it three times. He had to deal with what was available. So it's not his. I got so, it. yeah, yeah I will be missing out on the drafts. But stocks, I have every faith and confidence that you're going <laughs> to smash it. <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I no, did I, a great I, job last year with, in the auction. Yeah, I did. I did. But it's, it's going to be a full-on Saturday. That's all. You know, I'll be prepped. I'll be ready. But it is a Saturday, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I will. Saturday, I will have Saturday my phone on me Sunday, so you you can sleep the next day. <laughs> I, I will have my phone on me, so at least there'll be some in the mitten. Well, the good news is we'll be done drafting by ten o'clock your time, right? Because we end we're usually done by four here, so so you should be okay. I mean, it's not it's not a terrible scenario. I mean, it could you could be the Australian guys that are twelve hours. Yeah, <laughs> you have to draft through the middle of the night. <laughs> good old Lewis. Well, I think he might be in Europe this year for that. Oh, is that right? Well, he's just come. He's just come, flown into Europe. So now, so I think he, I think he will be okay to draft. Oh, good. Uh, no, that'll be good. I think he'll be on slightly more favorable time. Um, right. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, the King's Classic's amazing. Um, so many great people. In I mean, who who you've got in there is incredible. And where you draft, you know, people who are listening to this at the first time probably are just hearing, oh, it's just another league. This is not just another league, folks. This is something that Stocks and I will eventually go to. <laughs> we will get it done. Um, but tell tell everyone, Bob, where it came up with, what it's tied to. So this is your other big project other than Consistency Guide. Um, so what you do um, for the the expo and then and then where you draft uh where you draft the king's classic yeah so basically i i've lived in canton ohio my whole life so 57 years uh so you know i grew up watching you know going to the hall of fame games sitting on bleachers like literally metal bleacher seats in a high school stadium that was part of the hall of fame and watching the games and you know the enshrinement was held on the steps of the hall with about 250 people sitting on the lawn, watching it go, you know, watching it go by. Um, and, and now, you know, you know, 50 years later, it's a five day weekend of festival, you know, events and parties and, and concerts and just everything you can think of. So, you know, watching that grow like it did and, you know, it's called football's greatest weekend. It's always been the tagline for pro football hall of fame weekend. And, you know, and I got involved in, in fantasy and, and it started growing and I started kind of gathering and earning some street cred in the industry. You know, in my head, I kept saying, why don't we have fantasy football's greatest weekend just like that does? Why, why can't we have a three, four day weekend of just nothing but fantasy stuff? And, you know, a few years ago, I started the King's Classic, actually four years ago now. Uh, and that was really came from watching the base fantasy baseball world have two big things called tout wars and labor. And both of them were basically the best of the best gathering in Sirius XM studios in New York or, um, and then one year I, I listened to them do the draft in the Staten Island AAA Yankees locker room. And they had their names on the lockers and, you know, it just sounded so cool. I'm like, ah, oh, we should do this. And so I reached out, uh, to Mike Clay, who I had kind of the best connection with at that point. 
uh, from a big shot standpoint, you know, who, 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 who's in, you know, in this industry. And I sent him an email and I just said, Hey, you know, Mike, here's my idea. You know, we do this and we're going to draft at the pro football hall of fame in the gold jacket lounge, have Sirius XM do a live broadcast like they do for tout wars. What do you think? And within 10 minutes, I got a reply back from Mike, but it wasn't a reply from Mike. It was a forward from Mike that came as an email from Brad Evans that said the exact same thing I did, but the last line was all we need is a cool place to hold it. And I went, got it. And I, so I hit reply all to Mike and Brad. And I said, I got your cool place called the pro football hall of fame, Canton, Ohio. I'll put it together. You guys show up. How does that sound? He said, I love it. Let's start it. And that's where it started. And so the first year, first couple of years, um, we did um, two, yeah, two, two leagues, 14 teams each. Um, and like you said, it's the best of the best. Brad Evans, Mike Clay, Marcus Grant, Dave Richards, Andy Barons, um, you know, Michael Fabiano, you know, and just every site you can think of. And then COVID hit last year. And so we knew we had to do it online. And, you know, by then I had kind of created a relationship with folks like you and the guys from Brazil and the guys from Australia and, you know, Mexico, Canada, you know, all over this world. And I'm like, this is not a U.S. thing anymore, guys. Come on. You know, and I so I sent in kind of an email out to, again, like Brad and Andy and, and, and Mike and, hey, what do you think about since we're going to do it online anyway, I create, you know, and then we got these other new people created their own sites like Evan Silva and, you know, and then Kate and Michelle and the ball blast girls. And I said, you know, there's some new people in the industry. Plus I've got this international group. I said, how about we do seven of each and we'll come and then, you know, we'll start kind of like an international division and, you know, international and make this an international event. And they love the idea. Like if you can, if you know the people, let's do it. So there we are, you know, now we're in year four, um, you know, the two leagues, um, the George Blanda and Jim Brown divisions are going to draft live in the Hall of Fame this year. Um, we're going to continue to keep, obviously, the international division online just because, you know, we can't get all you folks here yet. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, with the ultimate goal that all three leagues would draft live and everybody would be here, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. That's a That's a little bit pricey for you folks to come in, but, you know, we do the expo the next day after it and you guys can all again, be part of this fantasy football's greatest weekend. Huh? Maybe, maybe that dream will come true. So that's the long-term goal. And uh, like I said, it's coming together great this year. The expo has just been hyped off the earth. In my opinion, I just, I couldn't make up this hype. I mean, I couldn't create this kind of love and, and support by the community uh, it's fantastic. I can't wait. We're already at 250 people pre preset or, or pre um, pre registered. Um, probably will hit closer to 300 when all said and done. Um, and when it's only our second year and our first year, we did 75. So to quadruple it, basically in one year. I mean, yeah, it's been two years because of COVID. But uh, like you said, the support of the community, the camaraderie—that's what it's all about, and that's what's just. I can't wait for this to continue to grow. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is building a village around it where it'll have its own hotel, convention center, water park. I mean, it's supposed to be like the Walt Disney of football. Which and is amazing. From it's that, just incredible. Now they can do that. Then I feel like this becomes a two, 3,000 person event, not a two, 300 person event. Because now dad can bring 
wife and kids, drive them off the water park and do fantasy football all day. Perfect world, man. Which <laughs> is a dream. I think that for us is the ultimate dream. We can take the wives and the kids and they can go and have fun at the water park and we can we can draft in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and not get not get too much stick for it, which uh, we probably still would. Uh, knowing our wives, but we love them very much. <laughs> But I, it's it's just it's just incredible, and yeah, you're right about the expo. It's it's something that is on. It's now a bucket list event, especially for people like us. It's a bucket list right. event. It's something yeah. that you know we we would be committed to to doing and, and doing it well. And um and is as you say the who's who. If if you've ever wanted to just meet the people behind the podcast, behind the content. I mean, I I think most content creators are going. Like that's yeah. that's how significant it there is. There isn't too many that aren't. And I'm it's it's a cool story. I, I was listening to Kate and Michelle um talk about this and they were saying that actually the reason they had the confidence to do their site and give it a big push and get the guests and get it to where it is now is actually because of the the expo two nice. years ago. Because that's they cool. met they met everyone mm-hmm. that they that, that you want to meet. Everyone is like, you have a beer, you have a drink. It's like, yeah, come on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All and right. they met the people they needed to meet to go from what they were doing to where they are now. And and that is part of building content, building podcasts. Right. It's not all about what you do, although a lot of it is, but it is about who you know, who you can get on. And right. we are incredibly blessed to get people like yourself on and, and lots of people who are very generous with their time and come on to this show. And it makes it a bit of a flag bearer for what it is in, in this country for for people looking in and going, okay, these guys do know how to talk football. And it's more because we have the great guests that come on. And it's just because we've had the opportunity to meet and talk to people. And right. I think that's what the expo is. If, you, if you're serious about wanting to do this, not even for a living, but just to take this a bit more seriously – Mm-hmm. And this is to the colleagues in, in America who are listening to this, or if, you know, people over here. It's a lot more expensive, obviously. But right. if you want to do this and put that investment in, and you back yourself. You, getting the FaceTime with the 200, 300 best football analysts in the country, minus a handful. Right. You're, you're, you know, you're not going to find a better. You're not going to get all these people in a room anywhere else, are you? That's the thing. So yeah. that's the cool thing about it is that's just another element. But. You know, I hear Brian Drake talk about it all the time, and he says, you know, how much fun he has. And again, mm-hmm. he he also credits the expo because he was like, I was a, I wasn't anybody. Like I was just a guy, who, you know, wrote on a site, and then all of a sudden, like I'm sitting there having beers with like Mike Clay, and it's like all of a sudden I've got the opportunity to do these things. And yeah, it, no, and I've heard that. And and again, you know, when I put this together, I was thinking more. I guess I was thinking more outside. You know, like attendees would come in. Um, but you know, that first year in 2019, um, like you said, that, that meeting up at BW threes and then chatting with all the people. And, and I think, and again, I, I want to give this credit to the Mike Clays, the Brad Evans, the Marcus Grants, um, because those people show to us, the, the, the others <laughs> that you could have a conversation. They didn't speak down to you. They, they were supportive of your ideas and you, what you wanted to do. So, you know, thanks to Kate and Michelle for, for saying that in the thing, but I've heard that from others who are like, you know, Bob, I had Mike Clay on my thing, or I had Marcus Grant or Andy Barons or, you know, and it's like, I never would have been, I would have been embarrassed to even ask these people in the past because, you know, I would assume they would be like, who are you? Get away from me, peasants. And they're far from it. <laughs> 
that are complete opposite of that. Um, they're very supportive. Um, like I said, Andy had me on his big uh, podcast for Yahoo uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, same thing. It was just like, you know, just that uh, support. And he was like, you know, Bob, I just think what you've done is great. And I mean, like, wow, I'm hearing this from Andy Barry, and This is like too much for me to handle, you know? <laughs> so um, it is cool. And, and it's been great. And I, again, I have to say, again, uh, as much as it was cool for me to put it together, it was awesome to see those guys be who I knew they were for others to see and, and not feel um, overwhelmed or, um, you know, what, um, you know, um, you know, they, they weren't going to get disrespected. They were going to get the love and support that we would give somebody who's starting new. Um, but to hear it from the people that are doing this as full-time jobs and it's their life and they've, you know, certainly have a huge name in the industry. Um, that's just awesome. And, and so, you know, kudos to them for, for being that support to those people. Cause that's important. And I think that's the way our community is, you know, there's very few people that, demoralize or you know there are there are going to be people out there but guess what they don't last long no not at all i completely agree and but let's not give andy barons too much love because i'm against him in the scottfish bowl and oh yeah well, i'm gonna try and knock him out he's my enemy for the next <laughs> sort of four or five months so you know um he, he's had enough positive now let's let's start <laughs> enough kidding um, right but you know it, on top of everything you do you know at the heart i won't say at the heart of it but kind of what i got to know you over first of all and and probably more prominently is the consistency guide you know it's it's a terrific body of work every year that comes out and you've been doing it for a number of years now we pick up new listeners all the time so i appreciate you you give the the elevator pitch quite frequently uh, especially when you're on here but just explain the concept to maybe those who haven't heard it before about why consistency is so important in fantasy football and why it is the difference between making your playoffs and, and, and not some years. Right. So if you're playing in a, I mean, I'd say 99% of the people that play fantasy football play in a head to head format, you know, week to week playing different, uh, you know, people in your league uh, versus a cumulative type fantasy baseball scenario. So for that 99.9%, you know, I'm sure you're out there. Uh, you know, it's important that not only do you draft players who are going to score a lot of points, I mean, that's certainly the most important thing, but at the end of the year, there's going to be guys that have scored a lot of total points, but they did it in a very inconsistent manner. So one, one week they've got, you know, 35, 40 points next two weeks, they've got five and six, um, you know, at the end of the year, that person may be top 10 in scoring, but if their consistency is like 50%, that they're not really earning enough points every week to kind of be in that top 36 wide receivers or 24 running backs, 12 tight ends or quarterbacks, then they're not really helping your team as much as you think they are. And I think that's where people kind of get lost is that, you know, they'll be like, you know, uh, I was third in total points in my league and I was like 500 and I didn't make the playoffs. I missed by a game or two. And more often than not, it's the lack of consistency of their players. And so, you know, I figured this out in 2002 and I did that exact thing happened to me and I didn't make the playoffs and I had, you know, running back who rushed for 15 touchdowns and saw that, well, five was in one game, three was in another game and like two thirds of his 15 touchdowns, he scored like three games. Well, the rest of them, he scored zero. So it was a touchdown only league because it was long time, long time league scoring scenario. 
but it, it taught me that importance of consistency. Then I applied that to a regular, you know, all other scoring. And, you know, like you said, long story short, where here we are and, you know, the consistency guide has been out about five, six years now. And, you know, I've been nominated, like you said, for the best fantasy publication four times, one at once. Um, and again, that's just the love and support from the community and my peers and, and it's a, it's an incredible honor. And, you know, I love sharing the whole ideas of consistency and I try to give away a lot of free guides for, for charity as I will be doing tonight on the Potathon with uh, Sal Lido and the guys um, for them, uh, because not only is it important me to help these charities, but it's also important for me to people get a guide that maybe wanted to try it. But Hey, if I give 25 bucks a charity donation and I get a free guide and maybe I'll learn something and, then I'll hear from them the next year. Hey, Bob, I bought your book out last year, you know, in one of the charities and thought it was cool. And I used some of your information and made the playoffs. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's cool. And that's what I like to hear. Yeah. You, you're very generous, um, you know, with, with the guides, because, you know, you give a lot of copies away. I remember uh, you gave it. I think you gave one at one point. Everyone in in Scottish Bowl nine. I offered nine. it up. I didn't give away as many as you think. Like I didn't go away twenty four hundred. <laughs> no, no. But I think I, I think it was in the earlier divisions, wasn't it? I think like it, when it was like twelve hundred or ten hundred. Yeah, maybe a thousand or so. Um, and I remember um, Warrior Bowl last year. You offered yeah. a, a guide to everybody as long as they donated the the twenty pounds, which is about twenty seven, twenty eight dollars. Right, right. Everyone got a guide, which was again incredible because again it is like basically you're almost playing for free. Yeah. You're donating mm-hmm. to charity. You know, right. and I, I think it's just and it what I, I think what I love most about the guide is you could never have read a fantasy football publication in your life. You could never have read a single well, you probably have read articles and rankings, whatever, but you probably don't read too much onto it. And you could be literally picking up your first guide in your first year and it just makes sense it's just like it's not a big philosophy to learn it's not this right, big, no. it's like not complicated no algorithm that's what i mean you don't have to put this into an excel spreadsheet and say right i need to plug in all this data and do all this and right. you know people do amazing things with with data don't get me wrong and, and right. hats off to people who do the data sciences they get the smart edges to make you you know, money, especially in like mm-hmm. DFS, etc. But right. if you're a regular Joe who plays one or two year, two leagues a year, three leagues a year, who does right. this as a hobby, does it for fun, right? They're not going to go and spend hundreds of hours reading websites and things. You know, they this guy they can pick it up. They can go, okay, this makes sense. So I've got two guys I can pick from. One guy's really consistent and is going to get me 14 points a week. Another guy might get me 20, but then he might get me three. I'm going to go with the guy that's a bit more consistent. Right. And it's like, it's just sense. knowing, it's just knowing, it's just, yeah, it's just knowing yeah. who those right. people are. And you put it in such a way in the tables and the format that it's easy to pick up. You don't, yeah. you don't have to be a data analyst. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to, right. be a, you know, you just that get was it. Always, and, yeah. And that was always my goal when I did this is that, and I had seen other stuff. Tristan Cockroft had you know, done consistency since 1999. Um, and it wasn't that it was complicated. I just wanted to give more information and get more uh, behind it. But I also wanted to make it easy. Like every person gets one number for their consistency. It's not a, well, you know, here's games that they did 12 to 15 points. Here's games that they were elite. And here's games. No, it's one number. You know, if you're, and then if you're at 100%, you're perfect. If you're anything 
below that, then closer to hundred, the better you are. And that makes it very simple to understand. And, you know, um, but I also then will, you know, pull information out of that to also explain some of the ideas and the undervalued guys and overvalued guys and why. And, <clears throat> but like you said, the whole idea is that I want this to be simple. I mean, you know, um, that they can just look at it, read and go, Oh yeah, I get this. Okay, cool. And then I even do a tier draft list, which basically tells them exactly who to draft, how to draft, what round to draft them in. Uh, so if they really don't want to do much work, they can just get the tier draft list with it. Uh, and I do free updates all summer on both the guide and the draft list. If you buy it on Amazon. And so, you know, I am there for you. I want to support you. And, you know, and at the end of the year, I, I love those emails to say, man, thanks, Bob. You know, I've been playing five years and then only made the playoffs once. And this past year, I not only made it, I won my league and, you know, beat my, you know, did my dad or my, you know, my wife or who her wife beat. The, I love it when I get the wife's beating the husband. That's my favorite. Because <laughs> you just know that they're just, that's going to eat it, the husband for the next year. So he's buying the book next year. Now they're both going to be reading it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I just love getting those emails at the end of the year as well. But yeah, it's just like you said, I want to make it simple. Um, you know, if you go to the website, you can put in the scoring method. It's in your league. So if you're a PPR, non-PPR, half PPR, whatever, you can put in the scoring method. It gives you the players from the last what, year, 10 years, I think it goes back now, of data that you can see who the most consistent players were in that scoring method. You can download it in Excel, and then you can do what you want with it. So, again, try to make it simple. And it's, it's pretty obvious that it works. I mean, last year you hit on some players from the guide, you know, Brady, Rojo, Eckler, Landry, although that was maybe with help with a bit of OBJ injury, Cole Beasley. How does your process allow you to highlight these guys, specifically players that perhaps people just aren't in on? Well, you know, <clears throat> first off, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. I mean, let me get a drink here quick. Um. You know, we all have been playing fantasy long enough to know that, first off, um, older players do not get as much love and respect as the younger players. You know, everybody loves the shiny new toy. Oh, let's get this rookie. Oh, let's get that rookie. Let's, you know, oh, I don't want to draft Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers because they're old and they're, you know, they're over the hill. And But the problem is, is that that's where actually a lot of the consistency comes from. These guys have played and they have, they know how to be consistent during the year. Um, and so, you know, the guide helps lay that out. And another thing the guide does in each of the profiles, there is a, how consistent they were by week. So you can see, and that's where I usually identify a lot of what I call the undervalued players is there's a, you know, guys like, let's, for example, um, JK Dobbins, who you look at his overall numbers last year, I think he was like maybe 50, 60% consistent for the season, but the last eight games, he was seven out of eight. So he's 88% consistent when he was, he was the man. Um, and Mark Ingram just kind of fell off. Um, and so that's the kind of stuff that, you know, with him being, you know, going in the second uh, early third rounds of drafts, you know, if you can combine him with a CMC as your number one pick or a Dalvin cook, I mean, you've got a hell of a player that could put up RB one numbers um, but if you look at the, just the consistency number, because he wasn't the man for the first half, uh, but those are the kind of things that I help, you know, Rono Jones is one of them, Landry, Beasley, you know, Beasley has been in top 36 consistency for two straight years. And now granted, he's got some off, 
not I guess on the field, off the field, COVID uh, conspiracy theory issues that kind of get people really scared about him now. Uh, but you know, he was definitely the security blanket for Josh Allen last year. Um, if he's, if he does continue to play and doesn't decide to retire or whatever, um, I think you, you're going to see that. I mean, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders to replace John Brown, but Beasley is the, you know, Julian Edelman per se of, for Josh Allen when it's third and six, he's going on a 70 yard turn in and boom, there he is. So he gets, you know, six catches for 60 yards and there's your, there's your clutch game. Not saying the world on fire in total points, but there's the consistency guy that you can put as your flex, fourth receiver, whatever. And, you know, you pretty much can draft him in the 15th round at this point. So yeah, he's practically free, isn't he? So he's someone that you can just get at the end of drafts. I mean, granted, there's a bit more risk this year because there's a good right. chance. But there's does. other players like that. I'm sure we'll get to them in your other questions, but there's other receivers like that that people just zero love. Mm and not looking at the picture not looking at situation, the consistency that they, they did show. So we'll get to those later, but yeah, um, the process, you know, it just kind of comes out in the numbers and when people see it, they kind of, Oh, Hmm. Because again, there's not a book out. There's not an information out there that's putting this data together to help people find those players. And, you know, so that's why I, I kind of feel like this is, is something that is unique and, and that's what the whole idea is to get that edge to, you know, to beat the guys in your league or girls in your league, you got to find that edge that they're not looking into. And so we feel like consistency is still the best kept secret in my mind <laughs> in the fantasy world. Um, and we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. I, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, I talk about, um, like a fantasy toolkit, and there's a few things I really ultimately believe in. I believe you've got to know, you've got to understand the game, the game within the game. You've actually mm-hmm. got to know the strategy behind the game. If you don't know how the game is played, um, you're going to struggle regardless of whatever guide you ever pick up. And I feel like there has to be work to understand what that is that's where i feel our guide is very much in Mm -hmm. that niche to fill that strategy we're not here to tell you how to play the game and who to pick we're kind of just educating you on what's the best approach in this particular style of league Mm -hmm. um to at least give you the game within the game then i think you've got to get better in terms of what are some easy to use reference tools and guides that you can use just to give, just to basically stop you from whiffing. It's just basically to give you the chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. And there's two I, I really believe in. Yours, and we get it every year, and I, I read it cover to cover, okay. probably about six or seven times. And I'm always in guy in drafts. I have it on my phone. I'm literally scrolling through, and I'm just double-checking things. To the right. point where I think two years ago, I probably had a lot of the consistency numbers done by heart because I was in that many drafts. Nice. And, and the other one is the black book with, with the RPV because so, I think yeah, the, the point of understanding that, um, you know, it's by position, not by, you know, RB1 is a position, RB2 is a position. And getting away from this mindset of just like drafting uh, running backs. It's like, I think it's such a, big crucial thing which is why mm. we have you on every year it's why we have joe on every year right. it's why we write our guide because i think that that for me is like as strong a toolkit as you can get because it will teach you how to play the game and a few quick fire ways to where 
I'm not going to say you can't lose because you can with the injuries and luck, but you're going to have you're going to give yourself an above average statistical chance of winning. Right. And yeah, I think and that's ultimately all you can provide. It's funny too because Joe's a very good friend of mine, but also my biggest competitor um, <laughs> when it comes to the book. So every year. Um, you know, I, I jokingly tell everybody that I put my guide out May 1st so that I can be number one in Amazon's fantasy guides until June 1st when Joe's comes out. Because yeah. within three days, he knocks me out of first place. Yeah. But I, but, I think but I love it. And, we, and, you know, but we're so supportive. Like I said, if there was some way that we could tell Amazon that we wanted to create a package deal for our two books combined, you know, like, hey, sell them both for 25 bucks or we're 20 bucks or whatever. Um, I'd love to do it. But of course, Amazon's not going to do it. But we've always said that, you know, um, yeah, it is a it is a perfect combination. Um, Joe's book um, and my book are, are different, but they're also very helpful in combining their, their resources. And your guy's great, too. And I, I again, I applaud you guys for taking that step and, and putting your guide out there and, and sharing your knowledge. And I think that's, what's great about, again, I've said this before, this is what's great about this industry is we're all so supportive, you know, I mean, um, and, and it's always an honor. And I think you said this to me that, you know, I was kind of like a support person or kind of a, uh, an inspiration for you guys. Like, well, you know, we've seen Bob do it. Joe does it. Everybody, you know, there's people doing it. We should do this. And I was like, yeah, do it. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you huge in the support you gave and we gave you a, an early copy to read and you gave us a great mm-hmm. testimonial and, and, you know, it's those sorts of things you say it's support. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, I hate it when people see it. It's, it's friendly competition, like, like anything is, oh, but, yeah. but, it's, oh, but, it's, but, it, but I, I, you know, I stand by this point that, you know, I tell people every year, people say, well, the best guys you can buy. I said, buy the back book, buy the consistency guide. Those two alone, I think we'll, we'll get you going in, in 95% right. of all leagues you play in right. more than that, because you, it's about concept. It's mm-hmm. not about, you know, any, any, anyone can write a list of here's my rankings of one mm-hmm. to, to 60 of the best players you should draft. And anyone can follow that. Do you know what's wrong is that if you follow Mike Clay's rankings or you follow Adam Rank's rankings and someone in the draft knows what those rankings are and catches you using them, do you know what that means? They know exactly who you're going to pick. Do you know right. what that also means? They're going to take your players. It's not smart. Like I, I say, this is like, do you know what? If you're going to do something like that, take five people's rankings, amalgamate them, take an average and do that. And then that way, no one knows what they are. <laughs> like, right. But well, that's yeah. a different story. And I've always told people, you know, people are like, should your book be the only book I buy? And I'm like, absolutely not. I said, here's what I always said. I, I, I always feel like the consistency guide is the French fries and the value meal. You know, it's like, Get your you get your Mike Clay and your ESPN and those rankings. You know that's your that's your Big Mac, that's your cheeseburger, whatever you eat, um, and then get the consistency guide. Take this information, combine it with that, make your tweaks up and down based on consistency, and now you have, like you said, a more unique ranking system. So somebody doesn't go, oh, he's got Mike Clay, so I guess I better take this player now. When you might go, oh, yeah, let, go ahead, take that player because he's inconsistent as hell. I don't want him, you know. <laughs> you think I'm going to, so fine, go ahead. So that's that's what works best. And then if you put Joe's and yours and like you said, get five different people and just kind of tweak up and down and find your best, I, I think you're going to be more successful that way because one person's rankings – especially if it's a very well-known, easily accessible, free thing like ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, that kind of stuff. And they're all great people. And they're all super smart. There's no question about it. 
but you know, um, you know, there's other bits of information like the ones we've just talked about that can help you tweak those and have your own. So when you win, you feel like, Oh yeah, that's my rankings of one, you know? Okay. It's a com- combination of these five, but it's still mine, you know? Yeah. So you kind of, you have that, you know, um, connectivity to winning. Um, and that's what, that's, what's great, you know? So I agree, yeah, I, agree. I completely agree. And do you know what we need to do? We need to uh, get you some more book sales. So we've arranged a competition. <laughs> um, we've arranged a competition that we're, we're going to purchase guides uh, oh, for people. Uh, well, we're a big supporter of yours and you, you know, you're kind enough to give us a guide. So the least we could do is buy uh, the guide <laughs> that we would have bought anyway and uh, or guides. And it depends on how many people it's you know, it depends on how many people engage the stocks. We can give us some details on how people can win a guide of, um, of Bob's. You say that Murph, we are going to give away consistency guide and to win. It just says here in the show doc, follow us and Bob on Twitter and put hashtag the consistency rules. So I'm assuming people have to tweet something in order to put the hashtag, right? Well, they just they, if they follow Bob and I, uh, or us, um, and then we, you know, maybe I'll we'll put a post up later on tonight. Um, so as long as they're following Bob, they're following us. Um, they should see it anyway. And then they just reply in that and put consistency rules because it does consistency nice. rules above. So hashtag consistency rules. Um, then they'll be entered. If more than 20 people enter, we will do two guides. If more than 40 people enter, we'll do three guides. Um so it means that you can tell people the more people that enter, the more chance you have of winning. So if there's 16 people entered and you've got three people to enter, you've actually increased your statistical chances of winning. Cause instead of it being one in 16, it's two in 10 or two in 20, which is one in 10. So don't be afraid to tell people, cause this is our competition as well. I'm not going to tell anyone cause I want to win. No, you're going to increase your odds by telling people. Right. So tell people to enter. Um, and then hopefully you never know you might both win and then happy yeah, days right. you'd be laughing so <laughs> uh yeah so for less than 20 entries we'll do one guide if more than 20 people enter two guides more than 40 people enter three guides you've got awesome. a week so you've got a week to Perfect. enter um so yeah so i'll put a post up on twitter tonight um so you should hear it you should see it by the time it's come out um on the pod hashtag consistency rules that's R-U-L-E-S, because it rocks, it rules. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's how you win. Great. Love it. Thank you. Easy peasy. So let's talk some consistency. Using consistency to find some ADP gems, Bob. We don't want to give too much away because we want people to enter the competition, and we also want people to go and buy a copy of the book. <laughs> but who for you is being overvalued at ADP right now in running backs based on their consistency profile to you? You know, this year, the running backs are pretty right in line with most of my stuff. Um, If they are, they're plus or minus maybe two or three, but I did find one that, and, you know, I'm sure there's going to be truthers out there. They're just going to bash me, but you know what? Uh, That's fine. Uh, all I'm doing is presenting numbers, kids. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about this running back. Last year, 13th in total points. Great, especially for a rookie, but only 24th in consistency at 57%. That player is Antonio Gibson. Um, he is a very good running back. Um, he plays for a team that improved greatly in the offseason. 
So he played for a very bad team last year and did pretty good. But the problem was, is that they used him so much because he was his, their only real um, asset outside of Terry McLaurin. Um, but this year now we've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, so we've got a better quarterback. We've added Curtis Samuel. Logan Thomas now is becoming more of a force as a wider as a tight end. Um, I'm not going to say that Gibson still may not be top 15 in total points, but I don't know if his consistency is going to improve enough. And right now his his art, yeah, yeah, his uh, is around RB 13. So he's almost an RB one in some, some scenarios. I've got him like 21st. I mean, I have no problem with him as an RB two, you know, around five maybe, but the problem is I'm never going to get him because he's going to be gone in round two or round three at the, at the uh, latest. He's the only one that's really, I got a real big difference there. I mean, Cam Akers is kind of in that same boat. It's like, he didn't really prove enough to me consistency wise. Um, you know, with Matthew Stafford there and a much better quarterback to spread the ball around, are they really going to run that much? So both of those guys are kind of my overvalued running backs right now. I probably won't have them on too many teams because uh, there's some other guys that I'd rather pick in the same places, you know, round three, four, five. So Antonio Gibson's, I guess, my overvalued guy right now, just based on the profile. We might as well stay with running back then. It, it... Not overvalued, but steals. Who do you really like currently at their ADP based on consistency? Again, running back position, it's hard to get seals, right? I mean, you're, you, there's not too many that slip really through the cracks. Uh, but the guy that I thought would get a little bit more love heading into this season, especially the way he ended last season, is David Montgomery. Uh, his current ADP right now is at like RB19, RB20. Um, I have him 13th. Uh, I almost have him in the top 12 and he may move up there. Um, But he proved that if given the opportunities, he can be very successful in this league. And he's a hungry player. I don't know if you saw the video this past week of him with Matt Nagy um, on the practice field, literally pretty much telling Nagy that I am a superstar. You need to give me the ball more. It's a hilarious conversation. If you can find it, watch it because it will jack you up. by why you want David Montgomery to be your RB too. Um, this kid is talented. He wants to prove to the world. He wants to prove to the haters that he can be the guy and it's not Tariq Cohen that needs to go away. Um, using him occasionally, I get it, but Montgomery needs to catch balls out of the backfield, be more involved in that offense, take the pressure off. If they're going to start, you know, uh, somebody like, um, Justin Fields, um, versus Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton be fine. Um, he'll do what he needs to do. But I, again, I think that he could end up in an RB1 scenario uh, at the end of the year, uh, total points and consistency-wise. I mean, he was 73% consistent last year. I mean, that ranked him 12th. He was fourth in total points, and he missed a game. So, again, you know, a lot of that came. He had a stretch of six straight clutch games at the end of the year. Um, I, I think he's definitely way undervalued. If, that's, if there's a steal, that's the steal, in my opinion, Right now, I mean, I've been drafting him as my RB2 in every mock. Every I think some of the mocks we've done together, I've tried to get him um, in that, you know, second or, you know, third round as my RB2 after maybe going – making making him my third wide running back, I think, the one time. So, definitely love him. He's my uh, – definitely my, quote, steal, if there is one, uh, in, in at the running back position right now. It's, it's so funny with how the the story of – David Montgomery and uh, Jonathan Taylor was exactly the same at the end of last season. People are blowing up on Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery is 
essentially the forgotten man when they did mm-hmm. exactly the same thing, both against terrible defences in the second half of the season. And it's, it is an absolute steal. So I'm fully on board with that one. Wide receivers, I imagine there's a bit more scope for consistency at this position, right? <laughs> there is. Um, you know, if we're talking about overvalued, again, you know, it is surprising that there's not too many, because there's not too many that people are giving a lot of love that, you know, weren't consistent. I mean, there's again, plus or minus three, four, all that. I guess the guy right now that I would say is overvalued, but this happens every year. There's always a rookie. Sometimes it's more than one rookie wide receiver. This comes into the league and people just are gaga over. And this year's guy, of course, is Jamar Chase. Um, Again, probably a very talented wide receiver. He played with, you know, Joe Burrow in college. I get it. But they still have Taylor, Tyler Boyd, and they still have T. Higgins. So, you know, you can't, he can't be a top 20 wide receiver if you've got three really good players on that team. Um, he may. And again, nothing's impossible. They've certainly had years where we've had two wide receivers in the same year be top 20. It can happen. Um, but as a rookie, doesn't always happen that often. I mean, if you go to the guide and you look at the rookies versus consistency article that talks about, you know, uh, wide receivers, about 10% of the 400 and some that have been drafted over the last 10 years, only 10%. So 90% did not earn over 60% consistency in their rookie season. Hmm. Now, can he be part of that 10%? He can be, but am I going to draft him as the RB is a wide receiver 20 off the board when I can get, you know, <laughs> something like, I don't know. Uh, whoever's available, I'm trying to look, trying to remember where the rank is. Well, Chris, I'm not Chris Godwin's around there. Yeah, uh, Chris Moore's around there. Yeah. Um, You've got a lot, a lot of players around there that you can. Uh, yeah. You know, you you've can, got you CD Ram, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Julio Jones, um, Thielen. Some of those are down in that, you know, 20 range. So, you know, am I going to pick them who have proven consistency in the NFL? Yeah. So it's, it happens every year. And it's usually something like that that I just feel like I'm just not going to go there. And, and, and everyone's justification for this is, well, he was better than Justin Jefferson was at the same school. Therefore, he's a better player. Yeah. Doesn't, the talent gets you X amount. It gets you right. X far in, in, in the league. Mm-hmm. Actually, situation, volume, those things matter. Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. at the first half of the season was a bust. He was still available on most waiver-wise week seven, week eight in the season. And then mm-hmm. what happened was Adam Feeling got COVID. And then all of a sudden he goes off and he has a phenomenal end of season. Yes, he sets right. rookie records. But let's be honest, he did most of it in the second half of the season. Right. And exactly. he was in a situation where he had no competition. Uh, in a situation right. where he had a very experienced quarterback who, you know, people could knock Kirk Cousins all they like. Kirk Cousins is a is a perfectly yeah. adequate NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is he is he elite? No, but he, he's experienced. He's wide. He's been around long enough. He knows how to play the game of football. He knows how to get right. the ball in the receivers' hands. That's important. And I think that's you know it was a storm of things that all occurred for Justin Jefferson to go off. That's not sustainable. It's not you know it can't be replicated as you say. Mm-hmm. More volume of targets. If, if I'm being honest, the Jamar Chase, the biggest thing that puts me off Jamar Chase is is, is Zach Taylor. I don't think that guy is an NFL head coach. I just, I, you know, you don't win five games in two years and you can sit here and blame injuries as much as you like. I, I'm just not convinced that, that Zach Taylor is going to make 
it till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jamar Chase will do better when there is a better offensive system in place with a new offensive line. Yeah, offensive line. <laughs> I think all those sorts of things will, will come into play and, and be better next year. I, I just think this is the year. I, I, I look at situations and I think something that people don't do is they look at situations of teams and think, is their head coach actually going to make the end of the year? Because we know when they don't, they're not going to get an experienced NFL head coach. They're going to get someone who steps up into the job and, and takes it on the rest of the year and it becomes a bit of a dumpster fire car crash. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it in Houston last year. You know, Romeo Corral happened. All right. Deshaun Watson had a phenomenal season, but he played absolutely out of his skin to put up a relevant fantasy football season. They still only won four games. Right. <laughs> um, was it even four games? I can't even remember anymore. Um I really look at Zach Taylor's situation and think, I don't think he's there at Thanksgiving. I really do not believe with that schedule, with that team, that they are going to be winning a lot of football games. There's nothing against the players there. I think they've got a good set of players. They just don't back him as a coach. So I think, okay, if he's going to go, why would I invest too much in that offense? When it could be, who, who who's likely to get that job? It's going to be a mid-level coordinator who's going to hold that job mm-hmm. until the end of the season. That's how I see it. And, you know, I think there's a couple of teams in very similar situations where coaches could get fired. And if that is the case, we all know what happens when they drop off a cliff. Um, You know, very rarely do you get really good situations. I think Cleveland benefited when they got rid of uh, Hugh Jackson. Definitely. Um, But mind you, how can you not improve? Then they got Freddie Kitchens, so that didn't go any better. But yeah, but then they hired him full time and then he left. And (laughs) you know, but I think the Chicago and Matt Nagy, I think is the same way. I mean, this is what I said. I said last year with Montgomery, they're like, everybody still was on Montgomery. And I said, have you watched this? I go, Montgomery, when he gets the opportunity, has proven everything he needs to prove. But for some reason, Matt Nagy doesn't use him right. They put, they use Cohen too often. They do this too much. I go, it just didn't, didn't, it's like, there's no logic. Well, last year, Nagy didn't have a choice. When Cohen went down, he had to give him, to give the ball to Montgomery. Now, this idiot now decides, well, Cohen's back. We're going to go back to the old ways. And Montgomery only touches the ball 10 times a game. Well, we can't control that. And that's, that's, and I, that's what scares me. That's the only thing that scares me about that situation with Montgomery. I love Montgomery. And if he gets the opportunities, he's that good. But the problem is Nagy, it's like Adam Gase and some of these other guys. They're just – they're too full of themselves to think they know what system works and doesn't work. And it doesn't matter if players are successful outside of it. They're going to do it. So, you know, I think the same thing for, for Montgomery. If, if he screws that up and Chicago's not winning football games and now they're bringing in fields to be the quarterback and, you know, it just becomes a messy situation. I think Maggie's another one I think that needs to go. He's, he's been terrible. Yeah, but then two playoffs in three years kind of saves him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I I think there's a few a few coaching changes on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do, and I you know the the one that stands out to me is Zach, which is why I, I, I review with why I can't touch Chase at his price. I yeah. think the only one actually, I think T Higgins is overdrafted. Um, I think the Boyd only one is the one that has the best value. Who? Boyd. Yeah, and he's the only one I'd probably take. Right. Yeah, because I think he's so cheap. Yeah, because he's so cheap, and you can get him, and he's not flashy. It's like it's like 
you put Jarvis Landry every year as someone that is underrated. It's yeah. it's, it's hilarious. Every year I've I've, I've lived your guy for the last five years, and <laughs> I think in the last three, Jarvis Landry's been there as this underrated guy that's picked mm-hmm. up. And yeah. I think we talked about it on the show last year that Jarvis Landry's not the most interesting pick in the world. He's not mm-hmm. a guy I ever get really excited about yeah. drafting, but he's there in the ninth round every year. And I think, yeah, come on, do you know what? I'll have him. Why not? Because OJ 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 gets injured. You think uh, Idel Beckham Jr. gets injured, and you think, well, do you know what? He's going to end up being the one on that team. He's pretty. He's like a one A. The way that they use him, him mm-hmm. and Odell, when they're both on the field, it's not a big difference in usage. It's very, very similar. It's very similar to how they line up in in Minnesota when you've got that run first offense. You've got basically two guys, and two guys are going to get a lot of work, mm-hmm. and no one else is really going to touch the ball. Right. They don't really use the tight ends. They don't really use all they did, the they did in the second half. Hooper had a really nice second half, but I think they it was more on too. But that was but don't forget Odell Beckham was down as well. So they had less 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 competition for targets there. It was it was straight yeah. to him and Donovan Peoples Jones and uh, Yeah and Higgins. Uh, Higgins. Right. That was it. Yeah. But I think I think that's a key one to look at. But let's look at um Let's look at the wide receivers because, in terms of, we've talked about these steals. In fact, no, do you know what? We'll talk about tight ends because when it comes to tight ends, you've <clears throat> I talk about this a lot. You get this this effect now at tight end for me, where it's you've got Travis Kelsey at the top of the board, which makes sense. He puts up wide receiver one numbers in his own right, and he gives you right. a position advantage, and he's as consistent as anything. Take. Travis Kelsey out of the equation, right? If he's there, you take him in the right. late first, second round. Outside of him, is there any strength in what you've looked at from the guide where it's worth taking, it's worth even considering another tight end um, from a consistency perspective at, say, the top four rounds? Or is this really a case of, if you don't get Kelsey, just just leave the position dead till, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th round? So there is, I mean, as much as I love George Kittle and everybody loves George Kittle. And when he plays, he's definitely one of the best tight ends fantasy wise up there with Kelsey uh, and consistency wise as well. But the problem is he plays like he's playing black backyard football. He's throwing his body at people. He's, you know, he's a hell of a blocker. So he's in there blocking, you know, does a great job with that offense, but that gets him hurt. And, and, and it has quite often and as consistent as he's been when he's on the field, he's also been very inconsistent to stay on the field. So I'm, I'm out on him, but I do love Darren Waller, 75% consistency last year, second in total points. Um, and, and there's no reason to believe there's nothing that's changed in Las Vegas that tells me otherwise that I shouldn't rely on that happening again. I mean, the only major thing they did, well, I guess, they're not even major. They did two things in the offseason. Kenyon Drake, John Brown. Kenyon Drake's going to be back there with Josh Jacobs causing a complete mess from a fantasy standpoint for the Vegas backfield. But I think John Brown has some potential, and he's actually one of my undervalued wide receivers this year. Um, but, again, that doesn't help a lot. That still means Waller's the guy. And Carr's going to be looking at him all the time. I think John Brown might help the situation because at least he'll provide a little bit of – of, uh, you know, uh, support in, in, you know, in the, in the defensive backfield, uh, the teams can at least have to focus on him a little bit. And Henry Ruggs will be flying down a field hundred miles an hour, and not catch anything, but 
you know, they'll spread the field, they'll do what they need to do. And I think Waller fits that role well. Other than that, <laughs> you could go TJ Hawkinson because he was 75% consistent. Yeah, you got Goff there. I like him maybe round five or six. But more often than not, what I've been doing in most of the mock drafts I've done with you um, and, you know, every month we've done since March, um, I think I've just waited through rounds nine and 10 and I draft Robert Tanyan and Logan Thomas mm. back to back. And there's my two, there's my two tight ends. They were both top 10 in consistency and total points. They both have pretty similar situations. Maybe even Logan Thomas got an upgrade at quarterback if you, really, if you think about it. Um, whether Aaron Rodgers playing for Green Bay or not, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, guess what? <laughs> Logan, or, uh, yeah, Robert Tanyan becomes Jordan Love's security blanket. Um, and if not, certainly Aaron Rodgers loves throwing them the ball, so that'll continue. And I think, you know, you, you're getting 67% consistency out of both of them last year. So that's what I've been doing. I've been either going, you know, usually Kelsey is gone before I get him uh, or I don't draft him because I just, just go out. Oh, I'm just going to get these other guys later. And then, like you said, I load up on running backs, wide receivers and a, and a quarterback and then get two back-to-back tight ends in rounds nine and 10. And, and, you know, every once in a while I get Jared Cook if I miss out on Tanya or Thomas because, again, I think he's got great value and he's pretty much going in the double-digit rounds. So that's really my been, strat- been my strategy. That's what I've been kind of promoting, the consistency guide. Um, you know, if you look at the undervalued tight ends, you know, those are the guys that are there, Logan Thomas, Jared Cook. Uh, and and I said I have Austin Hooper in there because he did have a nice second half. seemed like Mayfield and him were clicking a little bit. I could see them using him more this year, uh, even if Obel, Odell does come back and, and can um, – stay on the field and, and stay productive. Um, you know, that's just another weapon that paid him a lot of money. They got to use him some point, but so that's, that's kind of my tight end situation. And that's what the guy is kind of promoting. Yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree. I subscribe to that and tight end, tight end Kelsey or late. I just don't, I, I, my, I, I agree with you on, on Waller, but I think the price for him makes him slightly more prohibitive for me yeah. um, because he's not going to return you, for where you're drafting him, you need in return bottom end wide receiver one numbers. I'm not sure I'm as confident on a Gruden offense right. uh, as as that. I think he returns wide receiver two numbers comfortably. I think if he's available in the in the fifth sixth round, I, I would. Right. Um, but um, oh, I don't know if you know this, um, Bob, but someone drafted Kyle Pitts at the 107 in the Scott Fish Bowl today. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, oh, I just, uh, wow. I mean, like, so so let me tell you the story about yesterday. Yesterday, I was in my third straight uh, July 4th invitational that Howard Bender puts on on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, Howard likes to be unique, obviously, like everybody does with their setup or scoring. So he does it. You have to start two tight ends. It's not a tight end premium. You don't get any extra points, but you have to start two of them. Uh, Kyle Pitts went at the end of the first round after Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller went. So four tight ends went in the first round. Um, I was not one of those people. Um, my first three picks were Aaron, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Calvin Ridley. No, not Calvin Ridley. Maybe it was Calvin Ridley. I don't know. Yeah, uh, or Michael Thomas. 
so I didn't, but I didn't draft a tight end until I got to like round six or seven. And then I drafted like Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, and another one. Wasn't Tanya or Thomas. They both got taken before I got to them. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the love for Pitts is off the charts. Again, there's only been two tight ends in the last 12 years that have earned over 60% consistency in their first season. And one was Evan Ingram and one was Jordan Reed. So, Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, Kittle, everybody else you can think of in the last 12 years did not in their first year. Can Kyle Pitts do it? I guess. Certainly I mean, the, the, floor is, the floor is so low now at tight end. Yeah. But... Literally, you can fall over it. I, I'm pretty confident that if I put a string of plays, I mean, I'm pretty confident Tim Tebow could be a, a tight end one if he got ran out there if he was available if he played the snap i'm convinced him tebow would be a tight end one listen i know he's getting cut i'm pretty yeah. confident he's getting cut i don't think he makes the team i'm just <laughs> saying it and i'm not saying because i love tim tebow even though i am a foreign indicator i'm saying it just in the fact of it, it it isn't hard to be a tight end one it right. doesn't it doesn't matter being right getting the 10th best tight end is like getting the 50th best wide receiver right. it's useful but it doesn't really help you all that much. It's like, right. yeah, it's all right. But yeah, it's, it's a funny, funny, funny thing about Kyle, uh, yeah. Kyle Pitts. And I, I love him. Like I watched him last season. I knew this kid was going to be a stud. I knew he was going to go high in the draft. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect in my wildest dreams, people would be taking him in the first round of the Scott Fish Bowl. I'll be taking him in high rounds, expecting him to return ADP. Cause as you say, I just, it doesn't happen. And he might be the guy but you're drafting him to be that guy. You're not getting any value on him. Right. Like if you take him in the sixth round, you're expecting him to be at best or at worst, a top 24 wide receiver scoring player. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I watched Atlanta a lot last year and yes, they got a new head coach. They got a new head coach. for a reason. Did they really add to their roster this year? Yeah. I, I mean, they got a better defense. Just- Two or three years ago, Hawkinson and Fant and all those guys went early in the draft and everybody was all high on them and drafting them, you know, as the fourth, fifth tight end off the board. Again, neither one of them were over 60% in the rookie season. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of faith to put in a player at that position. Like you said, will he be a tight end one? Yes. Anybody who can, you know, walk and chew gum and catch a football – a tight end, if you throw them to them enough and give them enough touch or targets, yeah, they're going to be, a, you know, a tight end one because it's just that easy. But, you know, does that mean that he's going to return, as you mentioned, you know, this value that's pretty much, you know, at a wide receiver one or two level? Um, no, there's no way. I, I can't see it. But never say never, but I, the, the numbers don't, don't speak well for it. That's for sure. We'll see no. And then, Bob, let's finish up with quarterbacks. Does your consistency guide support late round QB or is it is it flexing towards a sort of a round five, round six, take of an elite guy? You know, again, I, I guess it just – I think quarterbacks are definitely the position that you have to know who you're drafting against. If you're in a local league and you've always seen quarterbacks go too soon off the board, then you have to adapt to that. 
if you're playing in a King's Classic League type with a bunch of experts, they literally play quarterback chicken. It's, it's okay, who, who are we going to pick on because they picked the first quarterback? I mean, King's Classic last year, I think I had Patrick Mahomes, I think I drafted him in around five or six and got him for 12 bucks in the auction because they don't, you know, they don't care. They, they don't want, they don't want to spend any money on quarterbacks. They want to spend them on running backs, wide receivers. So that is the first thing. Um, you know, I think there's some really good consistent values. I mean, we all know Mahomes. I mean, I love Dak this year. I mean, he was on fire last year for the first five games. Um, I think there's no reason to believe he can't do that again because their defense is still that terrible. He's got a great wide receiving core and Zeke. Um, you know, if the Cleveland Browns put 49 points up against you, you have a bad defense. <laughs> I can lie. Um, so, you know, I feel like he's going to have to throw 40 touchdowns and, you know, 5,000 yards to keep, keep them in games. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of stuff you look for, uh, late round quarterbacks. If you want to wait, they're certainly out there. I mean, Tom Brady is, you know, going in rounds eight, nine, you know, uh, Kirk cousins, who was seventh in consistency last year. Uh, in fact, over his last 10 games, he was 90%. So, you know, I feel like if you want to grab somebody you like in round five or six, and then grab a really good backup, that's especially undervalued. So, one of my favorite undervalued guys, or I probably will be drafting here in Scott Fishbowl as my uh, quarterback two, a few rounds after I get some more good players here in rounds two, three, four, and five, uh, is Derek Carr. I mean, most people don't realize Derek Carr was top 14 in both total points and consistency last year. Yet his QB, his, his ADP is like QB 30. Yeah, and, and his high completion that. percentage rate in this scoring format, I, I'm with you on Derek Carr. I think uh, yeah. I so, think Derek Carr is massively underrated, and you know he had a very good season. I, it, mm-hmm. it staggers me how little talk there was about how good his season was. Not fantasy for as bad of a season as him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he had a very very good season, and, and that's I think, why I love John Brown this year. John Brown's like going at wide receiver sixty mental. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I take. We didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, the. We kind of missed the seals on the wide receivers, but I want to bring them up because these four guys I will be drafting unless you guys are in my league. Uh, I will be drafting as my wide receivers probably five six, or four, five, six, and seven. John Brown, Russell Gage, Rashard Perriman, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Ridiculous. And I did it yesterday. So it, I, I did exactly that yesterday in the July 4th Invitational um, at the rounds like uh, 10 through 16. Four of my picks were those exact four players. Yeah. And they were my wide receiver, four, five, six, and seven. And all of them, I think, have potential to be at least 60, 70%. In fact, Russell Gage, when uh, Julio was out last year, was 71% consistent in those last seven games without Julio. Now he is, now he is the wide receiver too. So, but yet again, ADP is like wide receiver 55. Yeah. It hasn't caught up. It will, it will catch up. It I think. Might, but I, I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about that. Like usually, you know, and somebody, you know, I didn't see a lot of Russell Gage hype, you know, it was just like, there was a few. Um, and I'm sure I'll start it here when I start doing my little, you know, snips of the guides profiles, I'll probably put Gage out there and, you know, it's kind of my way of promoting the book and showing some clips out of it. But, um, 
you know, it's just, I'm just shocked that not that much love. And like you said, you know, maybe when we get into August and training camp and people, it starts, you know, seeing clips of him playing and stuff, uh, maybe it'll come out, you know, Perriman is the basically wide receiver one in Detroit, um, which, you know, he's not great, but, you know, five or three years ago or two years ago when he uh, subbed in for Mike Evans for the Bucks at the end of the year when Evans was hurt, he put up five straight clutch games. I know. Winston quarterback. He, he's probably the only one of those four I can't get on the train off. And it's only because <laughs> – here's why, Bob. Okay. What you've just said about him is absolutely spot on. At the end of seasons, he is absolutely phenomenal, i.e., he was great in his last five games in Cleveland. He was great in his last five games in Tampa. He was great in his last four games at the Jets. Do you know what the common denominator was in all of those? It was when the seasons, it was when the seasons were over. Uh, okay. It was when players went down. And also, it was when he was about to hit the free agency market. Mm. And those games always got him paid. Every nice. single time. He earned $4 million from the Bucks, $3 million from the Jets, $4 million from Cleveland. You know, this is how Prashar Perriman gets paid. He does nothing for 12 weeks. He waits for his injuries. <laughs> and then he turns up, he catches 20 balls. And then someone gives him another four million dollars. Like it's just that is what Bashar Perriman does. It's what oh, he makes he's a living. very good entrepreneur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maximum return for minimum effort. Um, spe- speaking of drafts that we're all in, so uh, the three of us are actually in the same Warrior Bowl division. Uh, oh, excellent! Yeah, stocks, this, I knew you were. I, I missed stocks. Sorry, stocks. Well, stocks hasn't added yet. So uh, oh, okay. as, as part of the Warrior Bowl, um, I get. So I won the Hercules division last year. And as a result, I got a personal invite and stocks wasn't in it. So I've given it to stocks. So stocks is going to join us because they joined the division that I give that spot to. So stocks Ooh. is going to join us. Um, so the three of us are in the same warrior bowl division. And we actually have three warrior bowl spots to give away. Um, so Greg and the guys are giving us three spots. Stocks, tell us how they can enter that. Well, it's almost exactly the same as the consistency guide giveaway. All you got to do is follow us, follow the Warrior Bowl, and then there will be a tweet in which you have to comment hashtag Ultimate Warrior. Uh, gifts of the Ultimate Warrior are hugely accepted, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, it's that simple. If you, if you want to be in with a chance of a Warrior Bowl spot, that's all you have to do. Follow us, follow the Warrior Bowl. Three spots. Yeah. Nerfs. Three spots to give away. Nice. So yeah. plenty, plenty of chances to win this. So make sure you you enter um, ASAP. So we'll put that up, and yeah, we will be running that for at least a week, maybe ten days or so. Um, I need to check um, when he needs the dates by. But yeah, we will be running this for a while. So um, do mm-hmm. enter. Um, and we'll capture all the winners. And we'll do our wheel of names thingy-majiggy and, and do that. So two giveaways in, in one show. Um, and before we let you go, Bob, I'm just going to do a bit of a shout out for the consistency guide. So Thank you. as I've said, you know, the consistency guide, part of the toolkit, buy it every year. It is less than £10 on Amazon if you're in the UK. It's £9.92. So it's less than £10, you know, not many people have had the opportunity to go to the pub that often, although I'm sure this week with football coming home, uh, it will be. But, you know, for the price, less than a tenner, you can get this guide. So if you do miss out on winning the guide, you know, and you want to wait a week, try and win it, completely understand that. If you do miss out, 
do go and buy this guy. Genuinely cannot say enough about it. It's why we have Bob on every year. You know, we fully believe in it. But it, and I'm going to put the link in the in the tweet to enter the competition. So if you do miss out, go back to the tweet and do just buy the guide. Nine pounds ninety two is what it is right now. It's on Prime, so you'll get it uh, next day or day after that so plenty of time for your leagues to digest it and like i said it is really easy to digest you don't have to be a fantasy guru to understand what is going on so um, and just Dan, thank you for that but also to reiterate um don't think you're buying it too easy if you're buying it now or, or too soon too easy too soon again you buy it there's an email address in there in the intro thing that says you want a free update of the guide uh but more importantly the tier draft list you want to use for your drafts um, all you got to do is email me and, and show me that, you know, that you got it. I mean, and then if you want it and you didn't pay for it, no problem. Just tell me, hey, I won this on, you know, a five-yard rush. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, I usually don't question. <laughs> I, I tell them to send me a copy, you know, of the thing just so it's legit. But more often than that, I'm like, yeah, here you go. So, Perfect. yeah, thank you. Well, look, listen, Bob, it's been absolutely huge fun as always having you on why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on the twitter sphere on the World Wide webs anything you want to promote go for it this is your spotlight moment got it all right well again thank you guys for having me always a blast um someday i will head your direction and we'll do some we'll do a live one that'll be the best um but definitely want to head there at some point uh i'll probably have to bring the missus because you know it's overseas and it's closed i'll, I'll send her to paris for like three days well apparently, <laughs> apparently as well you, you're gonna bring drew davenport over as well and he's gonna bring his yeah, wife so and the wife's gonna get together yeah. i'm sure my wife won't care honey i'm bringing a guy extra guy with me <laughs> well, you bring his wife the wife's can go to paris okay. oh yeah he can bring his wife yeah the wife can go to paris drew and i'll hang out with you guys for a few days <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we've got a studio built for four people, so it's, it's, it's easy money right there. There you go. Anyway, so on Twitter, at Bob underscore Lung, uh, if you want to follow the, uh, the expo um, and you want to go to it or look into it or follow it, just follow it because when the pictures come out, you're going you're gonna to be very disappointed. Uh, but that's at the FF Expo. Uh, World Wide Web, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports for now – but a couple weeks may be a little different. We'll see. Uh, so we'll throw that out there. Um, and then uh, what else? Oh, the guides on Amazon, regardless of what country you live in, US, UK, Brazil, wherever out there you're listening. I'm sure your Amazon has it because I told them that they could print everywhere. I know I've sold some in Japan and Australia and England or Britain and you know, UK and all those. So, uh, again, thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast and uh, looking forward to talking to you again. We'll keep sharing our FSB picks and Kings Classic will be here less than six weeks, believe it or not. Not long, not long. Listen, gentlemen, I will see you both in the Warrior Bowl where I am attempting to take Murph's crown. Best of luck in the Scott Fishbowl draft, gents. I know you're going to smash a pair of years, but Rush Nation, until Wednesday when the Dynasty pod hits, as always, don't forget, keep rushing.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.